0: good evening this is the weekly wrap for friday october 20th we'll start with corn it closed up six and a half cents for the week at 4.95 it did have a big burst on thursday getting all the way up to 507 and then this morning it kissed all the way up to 509 which was the 100 day moving average so we're now solidly above the 50 and tested the 100 day before pulling back soybeans were up 22 cents for the week closing at 1302 similar price action there it went up and touched the 50-day and the 200-day moving average all the way up to 1318 and pulled back for both these commodities this is the kind of price action you want to see uh, when you're starting to form a seasonal low you you gradually break through moving averages You then test the next moving average, and you pull back. So this is very normal price action uh, when you start to carve out what I believe to be seasonal lows here. Wheat uh, closed up 6.5 cents. Chicago at 5.86, KC at 6.70. Chicago wheat broke the 50-day moving average, something we haven't been through since August 7th. Uh, KC wheat's quite a ways away uh, from its 50-day moving average at 7.15. Cotton had a rough week, closing down 3.6 cents at 82.40. We lost, unfortunately, the 100 and the 200 day moving average as funds uh, have bailed on their positions. We've talked for a while now uh, about how we've seen weak export demand, but managed money built out a very large 50,000, 60,000 contract long, and they seem to be bailing on that position right now. Crude oil, over the last several weeks, has had a big run. We're up $9 a barrel off the lows. Testing ninety dollars a barrel today, uh, as we you know continue to be worried about geopolitical risk in the mid in the uh, Middle East. Managed money, what did they do? Well, they were net buyers of corn of only about thirty eight hundred contracts, but they're still massively short hundred and eight nine thousand contracts of corn. Soybeans, they were heavy sellers again, four thousand contracts of beans, putting them now short nineteen hundred contracts of soybeans. Big sellers of wheat again, another 3,300 contracts, building out that massive short to 157,000 contracts of wheat. Cotton, we talked about that, managed money, were heavy sellers, 15,000 contract sellers this week, pulling their position down from 48,000 long to just 33,000 contracts long. So no surprise about the price action related to that. Export sales for the week on Thursday were good for corn, very good for beans, solid for wheat, really big for meal as the world is now realizing that argentina as their crush continues to slow and will probably you know do so for the next six months as they run out of beans for crush the world will come to the u.s for meal cotton had a very weak export sales again and so that's been the big hang up for any kind of volatility going for uh, going higher harvest for beans is now at 62 percent on monday the trade was looking for 57 percent Corn, we're 45% harvested, so we're, we're almost, you know, by Monday, we're certainly gonna be through that 50% harvested mark. Cotton, we're at 33% harvested. Just a touch below last year, 36%. From the macro perspective here, China was very, very quiet. Um, the only news coming out of there is that uh, there's growing concern, again, for the real estate market and more defaults on some of the larger uh, builders and, and owners of real estate there. And so that's uh, got the market nervous about China, but the consumer is actually doing quite well. We're getting very robust demand numbers for fuel out of there, indicating that the customers, uh, you know, remaining relatively healthy at this moment in China. The Russian Ukraine war has gone quiet; as it has taken a back seat now to the Israeli Palestinian conflict. That's where all the focus is. The U.S. has promised more aid for Ukraine and now Israel. So somewhere between the sixty to hundred billion dollar mark of more military aid, financial aid, the U.S. has also sent battleships into, uh, you know, the, the Middle East uh, to help Israel protect them. I guess uh, those battleships, some of them were fired upon with some rockets, uh, and so they're, you know, we we're, we're in harm's way, certainly out there, uh, thereby escalating the potential risk of a conflict with U.S. troops. The ground assault is expected to begin any minute into gaza israel has been bombing their infrastructure out for the last week now setting the 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 table for uh, troops to go into gaza and clean out the city so to speak president biden earlier in the week gave his blessing the green light so to speak Uh, right after that speech uh, the u.s issued a global travel warning um, for u.s citizens and then Israel pulled all of their uh, members out of uh, any uh, embassy in the Middle East, expecting retaliation from Muslims for this uh, potential ground attack going into Gaza. The Federal Reserve, uh, that other macro picture we're watching, uh, paraded uh, no less than seven governors throughout the week uh, who all through the press reiterated their commitment to a 2% inflation target. That's probably never gonna happen unless we go into a recession. So they're at this point, uh, you know, continuing to verbally uh, re- reinforce their commitment. The problem they're having right now is that the U.S. federal debt is spiraling completely out of control. Since the last federal budget that was passed, we've issued another $2 trillion in debt. We're averaging around sixty to seven, $600 to $700 billion a month of new debt, and so it's, it's, it is absolutely spiraling completely out of control. The bond market is responding to that debt uh, by wanting higher rates. So the bond vigilantes are back. They're not gonna let the federal government finance that debt at low interest rates. So the 10-year note has hit a 5%. That's the highest uh, since 2007. And so the Federal Reserve has the market doing their bidding as well by raising rates uh, that are unfortunately related to government spending that's completely out of control crude oil remains a potential powder keg in the Middle East if things do uh, continue to escalate or potentially get out of control. Uh, You're you're looking at, you know, volatility that last time we saw something like this with the Ukraine-Russian war, crude oil went from 80 to 100 and almost 130 dollars a barrel. Uh, And so that would be the kind of thing we need to keep an eye on if for some reason there was any attack on Iranian infrastructure oil, where they are net producers of some 3 to 4 million barrels per day. We have to keep an eye on that. Weather, South American weather, continues to be very hot, very dry. There is some rain predicted over the next uh, 4 or 5 days, uh, but it's generally speaking then supposed to flip back to hotter and drier. Planting progress is uh, normal or slightly above normal, as you can expect with the dry soils. Uh, So far, the market is largely ignoring this. Uh, expecting that you know that rain might come in and and bail them out Uh, but there has been zero weather premium put in the South American crop even though it's very very dry down there and so we're gonna have to keep an eye on that in fact the, the managed money has actually been heavy heavy sellers into that dryness in Brazil and Argentina so seasonally that trade that we've talked about corn appears to be carving out a low here beans appear to be carving out a low wheat as well And we talked about how typically the first two to three weeks of october is when you do that and technically we're getting some confirmation of that cotton we typically do not carve out a low on the 10-year chart until the end of middle to end of november Uh, but on the five-year charts we typically make our lows by the end of october but it's pretty clear now that with harvest and very little export demand, managed money has been completely flushed out of their position. There may be more work to do. Cotton may trade in the low 80s here, hopefully thereby stimulating more demand. I'm still very optimistic about the long-term prices on cotton. I'll talk more about that here in a minute. Yields continue to be highly variable for corn and beans based on the reports that I'm getting. So there's nobody knocking it out of the park. I think there are some generally surprisingly good yields in Illinois where they did catch rains. Of course, Indiana and Ohio got good rains, but the Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas, yields are just all over the place and generally not good there. So it's going to be a while before we get a handle on these yields. For cotton, we've got some big, big insurance claims starting to pour in into West Texas as guys are getting into the fields and are able to now call their insurance agents and file claims. And I think we're going to surprise to the upside on abandonment based on the reports I'm getting. We are getting uh, lower yields than expected in the southeast, in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia is generally disappointing versus last year. We are okay in the Delta, the lower Delta, uh, but we have very good yields in the Missouri, West Tennessee, North Delta area. So co- what's going on with commodities right now? In general, from a macro perspective, we're still fighting the thesis of high interest rates and a strong U.S. dollar that managed money almost always considers negative commodities. That's why they've built out these large short positions in the grains. The problem is high interest rates uh, cut both ways. Uh, they, they make it much more expensive to grow crops and produce crops um, and so, you know, your, your your baseline break even has now moved from corn from 350 over the last three four years to now five dollars, beans probably moving from nine to ten dollars to now eleven to twelve dollars, uh, cotton moving from that 70 cent break even to closer to 80, maybe even 85 cents. So the market um, doesn't surprise me that they, you know, when if, if they feel like we've got a big crop, they'll press those levels. But I just don't think we're going to stay there very long because the farmer is going to be very, very reluctant to sell. The other problem we have is that on a global basis, we're very, very tight uh, on cotton, uh, excuse me, on uh, corn on the balance sheet. We're very tight on wheat on a global basis. We're okay on beans if South America makes a crop. We're okay on cotton, if you believe China and India's crop. Remember, the U.S. is going to make around 13 million bales. China's projected to make 27 million bales, and India, about 25 million bales. So there's no way to verify those numbers. Uh, And of course, we're still a long ways away from verifying the South American crop. In the United States, we have pipeline levels, very tight levels on soybeans, cotton. Uh, We're very tight for wheat as well. And so, uh, but for corn, we're relatively loose if the USDA data verifies, and we're gonna hover right at around the two billion bushel mark. And so, you know, the, the problem through all of this uh, high interest rate and higher currency is that the global balance sheets have not repaired very well at all. They probably run into deeper deficits on, on corn and wheat. And then the US balance sheets remain record tight for beans and cotton so we're not exactly sure how this plays out but we've got a long ways to go because we don't even know the yield and we're not going to know that until january and again based on how variable the yield reports are coming in on just about every crop there's no possible way to assess the balance sheets until we get those final yield data so pricing action i'm you know if if we are indeed carving out the low here still looking for corn to ultimately go test that 200day moving average then at 535 before the end of the year 535 550 somewhere in that area. soybeans uh, you know as the yield continues to drop and the government reports that and and South America has a little dryness we're, we're gonna we're going to move right back to that 14 1450 area by the end of the year cotton i think once the harvest is done and put away and i think it'll be a relatively quick harvest based on how small the crop is i'm looking for 90 to 95 cents by the end of the year wheat uh, if we can technically form the bottom here get chicago wheat back to seven dollars get kansas city to eight by the end of this year and then that sets us up for q1 next year where i'm looking for a, a much larger move in crude oil Smaller yields from the USDA getting confirmed that will ultimately take corn through 5 dollars possibly testing $6. Beans looking for that $15 to $16 mark in Q1 of next year. And cotton ultimately getting closer to a dollar as it tries to find a way to have to compete for acres next year based on plantings. With a little help uh, from these other commodities, we could get Chicago wheat closer to $8 and Kansas City wheat closer to $9.00. So those are the targets for uh, Q1 2024. Okay, that's the update. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Have a wonderful weekend. Talk to you soon.